Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Hale Varsity powered by Herdad Sports. Brandon is head of the Blur Parties for a tailgate. Good for him. We're at the bar, noon to 2, 1644 P Street. We're at Single Barrel tomorrow night. We're up at the Herdad Sports Bar Friday to get things kicked off, 4 to 6. So uh, pick a spot, pick a time. Come see us as we're out and about and uh, Brandon also adds that Nebraska will hang around for three quarters. We welcome in Evan Bland from the Omaha World Herald at Evan Bland on Twitter, at Evan Bland OWH on Twitter. So, Evan, it's been a, a dual show, one on anniversary advice for me and and also plenty of thoughts on, on Michigan v. Nebraska. Uh, I will take your advice on Nebraska football first. Yay or nay, does Nebraska hang around? We'll get to the anniversary advice. You've been married a while as well. I do. I do think Nebraska's going to hang around, and it's for a lot of reasons. I think it's for how Michigan plays. I think it's for how Nebraska similarly wants to huddle up and slow down the tempo and run the ball. Like I, I think if you're Michigan, you're looking ahead to how do you beat Penn State, how do you beat Ohio State, and get in that national title conversation. So unless they're pushed, I don't see why they stray too much from sort of their base stuff this weekend in Lincoln. And, and you know, for Nebraska, the way that their defense is played, uh, you don't. You would be surprised if they were to be gashed. So like this doesn't seem like you know Ohio State of a couple of years ago where uh, things get run up and get out of hand. Like this seems to me like. Um, a game that's probably going to go pretty quickly unless the TV timeouts have something to say about it. And uh, you'll probably get into the fourth quarter and, and, you know, a one possession sort of game and feels to me like 24 points would be enough to win it one way or the other. And um, yeah, I I do. I I would be surprised kind of of like how Minnesota plays. Like Mm -hmm. it just, Michigan's not going to run away with it, but they're going to do what Nebraska is trying to build toward, which is wear you down early and then by the time you get to the fourth quarter, they're able to impose their will. So we'll see if, if that manifests. 
Evan, something that Schmidt and I kind of agreed on Monday, I want to get your take on it as well, is we feel like this is the game, even though Matt Rule said it before the season started, he's not a guy who believes in fast starts. He believes that the game is four quarters. But if there's any game this season that Nebraska does require a quick start and something to go right early, is it this one? Yeah, probably. I mean, you want to, I mean, I guess it didn't really work out great for Rutgers last week. They got that early advantage and didn't do a lot with it. But, I mean, certainly you don't want to fall behind by a possession or two, and that really allows Michigan to settle in and pound the run and, and, and work that clock over and over. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know how it happens. Like maybe Nebraska um, dials up some play action. Maybe somebody busts a run. Maybe special teams provides a spark. Like there's different ways that I suppose you could see it playing out. But, yeah, it does seem like a situation where, um, you know, if you fall behind and Michigan can run and then uh, on top of that you're forced to start to pass to get back into it, that's clearly not been something Nebraska's uh, been comfortable doing to this point and so you if you're Nebraska you really want those situations when you're passing the ball uh, to be sort of deceptive um, you know change of pace sort of moments as opposed to something Michigan can plan on um, because it can really snowball pretty quickly from there. Evan, that's kind of the, the, the worry by a lot of Nebraska fans is the the snowball which you saw the final five against Colorado. And then when when you did get some points, the defense couldn't stop. You've had an absence, or it's been missing, complementary football, offense, defense, helping one another out. This this likely will be Harburg's third start in a row. Tell me a little bit about what you can feel good about with Nebraska's offense and, and that momentum. Well, you know, again, like I don't think this is a situation that we saw in Ann Arbor last year or in 2018 where Nebraska tries to go quick and they turn it over and things get out of hand quickly. Like mm-hmm. that's just how those games went. Like I don't see this being that. Like I, it does seem like when you have a team that has been uh, as committed to running the ball and had success doing it like Nebraska and they've had success – stopping the run, albeit against uh, at least a couple teams that maybe didn't have a ton of interest in doing so. Like, I think that's that's a, a pretty good starting point. And to hear Tony White, the defensive coordinator, and some other black shirts talk this week, like they feel like that next step is right there. Um, you know, they, they gave some examples this week of, of uh, you know, a defender bearing down on a quarterback who just kind of happened to fall over right before, uh, you know, somebody came in to punch out the ball or maybe being – um, you know, a foot away from an interception, or like so, like they feel like they're they're getting there, and so I think you can feel good about the defense uh, continuing to get stops with upside being maybe this is the week some of those close call what if moments become takeaways, and like I think that's I mean that's always a, an equalizer in any game, but I think especially with where Nebraska is now, if, if you can once or twice on Saturday set your offense up with a short field to where they're at least within range of a field goal, uh, I think that can make a pretty big difference. So I feel good about that. I feel good about, uh, you know, Nebraska shortening this game. Like, I think that's, especially when you're playing a top-five team like Michigan, uh, if you can shorten that game, that's going to play to your your advantage, too. So, like, I don't get the sense that they're too um, uptight or feeling the pressure in this game, like to me, uh, this is sort of a, a measuring stick game. 
um, you know, I don't think there's just a ton of pressure that they're feeling to win it. And I think you look at the second half of the season and how that shakes out coming out of the bye week, like that's when Nebraska makes its run. Not to say they can't, um, you know, hang or, or put a good showing in Saturday, but I just don't get the, I don't feel the tension maybe that the Colorado week had. And, and so maybe, um, you know, in that sense, they're in a pretty good headspace to go out and perform optimally as well. I mean, I'm going to put you on the spot here whenever you talk about the Husker defense. And I'm going to give you some time to think by listing off the options here. There's a lot of options to this question. I want to get your thoughts on what the most important stat will be for the Husker defense on Saturday if they want to hang around and give the offense a chance to go get it done. Is it going to be that third down percentage? Is it going to be how many yards per carry Michigan gets? You talked about the turnovers. Is it turnovers? Is it tackles for loss, sacks? There's there's plenty of different stats that you can use to quantify a defensive performance. And I want to get your thoughts on what the most important stat will be on Saturday if Nebraska wants to give themselves a chance. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's got to be takeaways. I mean, you're you're not only ending their drive, but you're potentially uh, potentially scoring off it if it's like a scoop and score type situation or at the very least uh, benefiting your offense and, and helping them set up. But, you know, I think beyond that too, it's a really intriguing test for that front seven because you know you look up statistically they're the number two rush defense in the country they're allowing fewer than two yards per carry and again colorado didn't really want to run it louisiana tech didn't really want to run it but uh you know right right now through a third of the season that's sort of the range that nebraska hasn't seen since that 2009 team with endowment and sue like that's how dominant they've been in the trenches and so everybody knows what michigan's all about they've got an offensive line with a bunch of fourth and fifth year guys, all 300 plus pounds, all you know, six five, six six for the most part, uh, with a with a running back and Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards and and you know JG McCarthy. Like these are all guys who are going to be in the NFL in the next year or two. And so to me, this is like the ultimate uh, validation slash exposure sort of 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 day where. You know, if you can shut those guys down and and set up some third and longs, then I, I think there's no reason to doubt what this defense can do the rest of the year and how it's going to be sort of the tent pole for what Nebraska wants to do in potentially reaching a, a bowl this year. Um, you know, conversely, if Michigan runs for 200 plus yards the way that they've done against Nebraska the last three meetings back to 2018. Uh, then you know your your I think your perception of the black shirts changes a little bit moving into the second half, and it's probably something uh, you know maybe a, a tier below where they are statistically right now. So that to me is really fascinating. Um, you know, Michigan's run the ball so well uh, for a number of years now. Nebraska's off to such a hot start. Something's got to give, and I'll just be fascinated to see what it is. Let's talk about the crowd, and and I think there's a lot of Nebraska fans that are going to show up and, and try and help will the team there's a lot of Nebraska fans that'll show up and you know they want to they want to see something to cheer about and and I don't blame them either and you know I just what what's the home field advantage going to be like is it going to be vintage or is it going to be kind of wait and see mode what do you think well I don't know that it's going to be quite 2021 Michigan that was a really high bar night game uh, they they were up for that. I think that was the debut of the light show between the third and the fourth quarter. So like that atmosphere was was really something. And there were a lot of uh, plays that Nebraska made that were just electric. I always think of the Ramir Johnson uh, little wheel route that he ran that mm-hmm. uh, that really electrified things. But um, you know it, it'll be interesting. Like this two thirty kick, 
um, for a two and two Nebraska team that's kind of had its moments, but I think its its limitations are well documented too. Like uh, it, it feels like maybe a game where you know Nebraska's maybe gonna have to show a little something. You know, I think the crowd will be juiced early on for sure, and maybe that plays into what we're talking about about the importance of a fast start and and keeping uh, the crowd in it in that way. But yeah, I mean, I, I think just like anything else um if you start strong if the team gives a reason for hope a reason to believe that this thing will be in doubt into the second half into the fourth quarter then yeah i think nebraska fans always rise to the occasion in that regard and and you know they they talked this week about how being on the road at minnesota and colorado um affected them on offense at different moments and certainly you know, 85,000 at Memorial Stadiums, uh, a little bit more intimidating even than the venues that they were at on the road. So I think the potential is there, and, and maybe that, again, just adds to the importance of, of starting strong. I mean, one of the themes in college football this year has been disrespect, which we've talked about plenty on this show. Don't want to go there with you. I do want to go to another theme we've seen this year. First from Colorado this past weekend from Northwestern, storming the field. If Nebraska gets it done on Saturday, do you, do you sign off on at least the student section, rushing the field, if not everybody? Is that, is that Evan Bland approved? <laughs> well, I don't know that it's, uh, it's university approved, so I don't know that I can go down that road. But it's been a long time, right? I think you've got to go back to, what was it, like 93 Colorado? Uh, maybe the last time Nebraska stormed the field. So, like, it's been... A long time, and they've lost 22 in a row to, to ranked opposition going back to Oregon in 2016. So, you know, I, w- I would understand it if they did it. I would understand sort of a cathartic moment where, uh, I mean, it would. It would be the, the, the biggest single win for Nebraska in, uh, in seven years. So in that sense, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so how often in the last, you know, five, six, seven years has, has going to a home game ended in disappointment and so i think uh yeah why not like if you if you're able to to celebrate a win over michigan and and really get this this matt rule era kicked off with a, a statement win that shakes up the college football playoff race um you know why not make some memories you look around the country every week and see other fan bases uh, celebrating and having fun um certainly nebraska's is well overdue for its moment too well evan it should be noted storming the field might not be university approved but Neither is sneaking alcohol into the stadium, and people still do it anyway. So, <laughs> and, and, of course, Elijah's talking hypothetically throughout his academic career. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right? what we'll say. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Evan, about 30 seconds, you get a phone call from Trev, and he's like, Evan, what do you want improved at the stadium? Because uh, you've got stadium improvements. That's the feel for tomorrow's talk with Trev. Uh, there, you know, there'll be an announcement as far as some of the the, the projects potentially. Uh, what do you think needs upgraded or fixed? Uh, I think you need seatbacks to to give everyone a little bit more personal space. I think you need to totally reimagine South Stadium. I think you need to uh, give students better seating so they can have more of an effect on the game. And and you're treating the next generation of Husker fans right. I think it'd be cool to have a concourse area uh, with field vision so you can uh, kind of walk around and, and, and have fans be social and, and watch the game in that way too um, I think it starts with South Stadium though you gotta you gotta re- redo that probably from the ground up and uh, you know make that a better experience for that section of fans totally agree do you go with a party deck or do you go with an indoor kind of a, a 2.0 version of the Champions Club in South Stadium 
I'd go with a party deck. I mean, I, I thought going to Oklahoma a couple years ago, they had a really cool setup in one of their end zones where they had some suites at sort of the 300 level maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some open patio areas, and I know it's a little bit warmer down there than it is maybe in Lincoln in November, but um, I just think, you know, not everyone's necessarily there just to watch the game, but so if you can set up sort of a, of a social area for a select group that gets them into the stadium, gets them involved, I think that's a win. Bouncy house, hot tub. Chairbacks. Keep keep it simple. Chairbacks. Chairbacks. Better beer. stadium Wi-Fi and cold beer. Yeah. 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 Maybe some bags. You know, you get the whole uh, the whole thing going. The the Jimmy Buffett quarter of the end zone. God rest his soul <laughs> hey. with uh, margarita machine. Might as well throw a sports book in there too while you're at it. <laughs> hey. Booze and gambling in the <laughs> South Stadium. And you never know. And maybe once it gets legalized, you can throw a dispenser in there just, too. Just, just no. The, the, okay. It's the Boulder experience. They got they're doing something right in Boulder this year with that fan juice. Uh-huh. There. That's all Keep, I'm saying. Eat this, right? Forget the game. <laughs> uh, Evan, take care, brother. Thanks for the time today. Thanks, guys. All right, there he is, Evan Bland, with us here on Hale Varsity. Good stuff from him. Yeah, anxious to hear from Trev tomorrow because that is a, a topic and a talking point. We'll probably try and tackle tomorrow. Mm. Uh, I did get dinner reservations. Bang. Yes. Where'd you, where? Uh, Piedmont Bistro. Nice, nice. Good nice. folks. No free shout outs. Yep. Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio.